Hello and welcome to Straight Talk, Supply Chain Insights, the podcast for your supply chain leader who is on the go and wants to be in the know. And now, your host, Laura Sassiri. Welcome to Straight Talk with Supply Chain Insights. My name is Laura Sassiri and I'm the founder of Supply Chain Insights and this podcast is designed for the supply chain leader who's on the go and wants to be in the know. Although most of us aren't on the go right now, most of us are locked in somewhere and wondering what's the supply chain of the future going to look like. And all I know is it's not going to be the same as pre-COVID-19. And I'm doing a series of podcasts to help people to think about this time, to reflect, to rethink, and hopefully realign the supply chain to drive better outcomes. So in this series, I'm interviewing, I don't know, five to ten. I'm asking supply chain leaders to give their perspective on what to do with your supply chain as you are sitting thinking about realignment of the supply chain. And to that end, I want to just give some high-level thoughts. I was tested positive for COVID-19 a week ago. And as I sat and looked at the results and looked at my red chapped hands from so much hand washing, I've never washed my hands so many times so thoroughly, you know, saying happy birthday twice, back of the hands, under the nails. I've never done it so effectively or cleaned my house so much, running the vacuum every day and making sure that, you know, clean sheets, etc. I lost the battle uh, with COVID-19, but I'm winning the war, I'm recovering. But what I found was that the design of the supply chain for testing was not as quick as the virus seized victims and spread. So let me tell you the story. I believe I got the virus on a packed flight to San Antonio by Friday of that week, uh, that was March 1st, by Friday of that week, I felt like a Mack truck had hit me, just tired, lethargic, I had a sore throat, I had stomach uh, issues, and I had a fever that started to spike at about 102 and didn't really think that much of it, you know, I wasn't terribly sick, Um, symptoms were, you know, distressful, but not that you know, disabling. By Monday, it hadn't gone away, so I sent a note to my doctor uh, because we're into telemedicine now because the last person that a doctor wants to see in the waiting room is someone that might be sick, and she said, you know, there are no test kits. Um, If you feel like this is that serious, like you're not breathing, go to the ER, but expect that you're going to wait 10 hours in the ER and it's going to take 72 hours to read the test. So I didn't go to the ER because I thought the risk of going to the ER would be better or worse than, you know, just staying at home. So waited four more days, sent a note to the doctor, still have 102 fever, have chills, please advise. And she said, you know, there are test kits now available, but you need to drive an hour and you need to be prepared that, you know, it's only open for limited hours uh, for testing. So, you know, Wednesday I didn't feel very well, but I went to the drive-in facility, which was a farmer's field. It was an hour drive. I was the only person there. There were five attendants there, all with masks and gowns 
and uh, they told me it would take four to five days to read my test. Okay, I get the test results, and by this time, I'm on the mend. So I did have the virus, but the speed in which we could test was not equal to the speed in which the virus spread. Now, I quarantined myself, and I tried to practice good hygiene, and thankfully, you know, I was able to stay at home and manage the disease. However, when we think about what that means for the supply chain, our processes need to be designed at the speed in which we need data, and it needs to be in a way that we can use data. And I think this is a wonderful example for us to sit back and think about the design of the supply chain for testing. When we first saw the outbreak, why were we not assembling tests? Why were we not designing the supply chain for quick reads and clear governance of the test? The number of agencies that needed to be coordinated, the CDC, the public health, the local hospitals, there just was not alignment and there was not proactivity of the agencies to be able to start stockpiling those tests for what needed to happen. And so proactivity in the supply chain by supply chain leaders is, I think, a call out here. Just as when we had the issues in Hurricane Maria coming out of that horrible hurricane where we had a concentration of pharmaceutical and medical device companies, what happened was hospitals woke up and they didn't get the kits that they expected for IV bags from Baxter. And instead of Baxter being proactive in telling the hospitals that they were going to be out, they basically let the hospitals run out and therefore there were outages. And this is a critical supply item for hospitals. So I think our first call to action is we need to design the supply chain for the speed of business and we need to be proactive in reaching out to suppliers and telling them that they're going to be issues. The third thing was I got a call from Reuters who wanted to understand what was going to happen to the supply chain. And I'm like, well, there's not going to be any supply chain that's not going to be untouched. And this happened to be a writer who wrote for the fashion supply chain. And she said, well, I'm just worried about getting goods out of China. And I'm like, well, if it's a fashion supply chain, I think the first thing that those companies need to be thinking about is the shift in demand and getting to consumption data and untethering the supply chain from the order signal and historic demand and the budget. Because what is being sewn and cut and inventoried for fabric in China is probably for a supply chain for demand that doesn't exist anymore. I said, people aren't gonna be buying wedding dresses, prom gowns, fancy shoes, and high-end makeup right now because the fundamentals of the supply chain have changed. We're gonna be in our houses, you know, not really worried about luxury goods, not really eating out, fundamental demand has shifted. And so as we think about supply chain recovery, 
one of the things that I want people to do is to look at our systems and think about the logic in our systems and think about how do we get better signals. So instead of looking at forecasts based upon historic demand, we have to pull up, look at consumption data, and try to synchronize, not integrate the supply chain to consumption data. So if we look at the empty shelves for toilet paper, that is not because the companies that manufacture toilet paper don't have toilet paper inventory. The average number of days is 17 days. But the demand latency to get a signal from retail to replenishment to order replenishment point for an order for that manufacturer can be 12 to 17 days. So again, we have a supply chain out of sync and we've worked on tight integration versus synchronization to consumption data. So the first thing is, let's look at what is the new normal of demand. I remember in the downturn of 2008, I thought it was interesting. Companies sitting on consumption data did not do better than companies that did not have consumption data. And the reason was, they didn't rethink the logic of demand. An example is General Mills. General Mills in the 2008 recession set on more point of sale data than any other competitor. It set in the sales organization and it was really focused on promotions and incentives and end all displays. And that's great in a normal supply chain. But when there's a downturn in the supply chain, I have to sense what is the new normal. So what happened is, in the 2008 recession, unlike any other recession that I've experienced in my 65 years, customers walked away from big cereal. Normally in a recession, people buy more cereal. But in this particular case, consumers walked away from cereal. And the reason was they lost trust in big brands and they started buying what they considered to be healthier breakfast alternatives and General Mills lost the signal with the consumer on what they were going to be buying and they didn't align with consumption data. And I had a lot of conversations with General Mills in this time period and I'm like, uh, excuse me, why are you not aligning to consumption data? And they're like, well, there's no ROI for it, right? I can't justify it. And I'm like, for your brand and brand protection, try to get consumption data with minimal latency, rethink your supply chain, and really disconnect from traditional forecasting and order processes and also the budget. Because what's going to happen with budget and bonus incentives is if we tether to the budget, we are not going to align to the new market demand. The third point is that in distribution requirements planning and material requirements planning, because those systems are set up for replenishment based on history, none of those signals are going to be right. So instead of letting DRP and MRP crank away, what we need to do is step back and I think do three things. Start to rationalize with the new normal and demand what is needed for inventory. The second thing is if we can simplify the portfolio, that gets to be a lot easier. 
And the other thing is, let's get better at planning master data, things like cycles and lead times and transit times, because that data is really ugly. And let's align. And then on the material side, let's do the same thing. Let's look at coefficient of variation, and let's look at what's needed based upon consumption data, and let's hold ourselves accountable for that signal to the suppliers build supplier development systems so that we're able to look at the suppliers and not just push cost and waste down in the supply chain, but say to the suppliers, how can I help you? And getting a regular signal to those suppliers and working on decreasing the bullwhip effect. If we don't do that, we are going to basically run the supply chain creating a lot of waste in a period where we just can't and shouldn't because there are going to be fewer resources and there's going to be more uncertainty and we must tether to and define the new normal. Now, I also know in this period of time that anger runs high and you know, people are not going to necessarily be happy because we're going to have some out of stocks. We're going to have things that we don't know about. The only constant is going to be surprise. And it reminds me of a time that I was running an ice cream factory for Dryer's Grand Ice Cream. And we were short vanilla ice cream in a critical period where Christmas season, everybody wants vanilla ice cream on their pie. And we had an issue with IT and vanilla dropped from the normal pick and so we didn't ship ice cream. And I remember just a horrible meeting where the head of sales just lambasted me for an hour about how could I be so stupid as to not ship vanilla ice cream during Christmas. And I explained to him that it was a technology issue that, you know, the ice cream fell off the pick and that when we found it, we sent all of the route salesmen to fill up the cases with ice cream and we had remedied the issue in four hours. But his anger was so high that it was disabling and it was really just really uncomfortable. And so if you're an executive in the supply chain, what I want you to be is supportive of the supply chain teams. This is going to be a time of surprise and outage and technology systems not working as well as we'd like them to be. And we got to be sure that this does not become a personal issue, that we work it as a business issue together as a team and that we can look forward, not look backwards, because now is the time for us to get our data right, rethink our systems, tie our signals to consumption, train our people, and align people on moving forward. So I'm recovering from the virus. I gotta tell you, I'm really lucky in that, you know, I've been able to stay at home. I haven't had to go to the hospital. I give thanks for that. You know, I wish you and your family well that you either do not get this virus or that you're able to have minimal symptoms. But one of the things we know is we're going to have a lot of time to reflect on the supply chain and our supply chains are not going to be the new normal. 
we are quickly we're going to be living in a case study of supply chain risk management and redesign for a long time and i wish you well and all the best this is laura may your recovery go well until next time Thank you.